It's great to be with you this morning. And um, we are going to be looking at another of our spiritual gifts today. We're going to be exploring together uh, and asking God what we can learn um, in a particular piece of scripture, all looking at the spiritual gift of healing. But I'm aware when I say that word, that that brings about a mixed response. Maybe you are somebody who sits here today and you've prayed for somebody to be healed and they weren't. Maybe you sit here today as somebody who prayed for somebody and you did see them healed. And so you're so excited about stepping out more and praying for people. Maybe you're somebody here who is desperate to be healed. And so far, that hasn't happened. I don't know, but God does. And actually, it's our different stories and our different experiences that make us church together. So together today, as a church family, let's wrestle with what uh, this word that we're going to look at from the Bible uh, can share and speak to us on the spiritual gift of healing. But just before we do that, I wanted to share with you a personal experience of uh, healing for myself. Ten years ago now, when I left my job in my secular uh, world that I was working in and went to work in full-time Christian ministry, again, um, I was really expectant of what God was going to do, what this new season was. Uh, I was anticipating all that God had for me. A couple of months into this new role, I was leading worship at an event, and as we got to the end of the set of worship, I stood there and experienced pain like I have never experienced in my entire life. I stood there and instantly my right leg lost all feeling. It went completely numb. And my lower back all across it felt like somebody was jamming red hot iron rods into my back. I had no idea what was happening. I felt scared. I felt fearful. I somehow managed to leave this event, somehow managed to get myself back to my flat. I lived on my own. I'd only been in this area a few months. And then I spent the next uh, 12 hours overnight just trying to find a way to ease this pain. I hoped that painkillers would work. It didn't. hoped that using a heat pad would work. It didn't. I crawled around my flat until the next morning I made a phone call, got an emergency appointment to see an osteopath, and that was the start of my issue with prolapsed discs in my spine. And I stand here today as somebody who would say they have partial healing from this, because I do now have feeling in my right leg, not complete feeling, the outside of my right leg I still can't feel properly. Um, but during my treatment path, and I've seen umpteen amounts of different people, I've had numerous times where people have prayed for me. One person said to me, um, an osteopath said, you need to know that with your back issue, you may not be able to carry babies. You might not be able to do that. And in that moment, with those words, fear, disappointment, tears, I took them to Jesus. 
And he taught me so much. And you and I know, if you've seen my children running around, I have successfully, thank you Jesus, been able to carry two babies to full term. And let me just tell you, they weren't small babies either. Tobin was £10.10. I know, my mother-in-law didn't tell me until after I fell pregnant with our first child that Andy had weighed 11 pounds. Such a blessing. So I stand here today as somebody who has wrestled and continues to wrestle with this subject of healing. And God knows where you sit today on this as well. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do heal today. We thank you that you want to speak to us today. Have your way, Lord God, through the words that I've prepared. Holy Spirit, speak. Amen. We could have chosen so many different accounts of healing because the Bible is littered with them not just on physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, but today we are going to be looking at Acts 3, verse 1 to 10, the healing of the lame man. It will be up on the screen, but if you want to get it uh, on your phone, then please do. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is a miraculous account of healing. Peter and John stand there uh, with this power and this authority that they believe that they have because Holy Spirit has been left with them. And there is so much that we can learn from this passage today. The first thing is that they are expectant for healing. They're expecting to see that. And why is that so big, particularly when it's Peter? Because we know Peter was the one who denied Jesus. Peter was the one that got it wrong on countless occasions, sometimes known as the fool. Isn't that such a comfort to us? Us today who maybe think, I did try and pray for somebody and it went wrong. Or, I did try, but I bottled it. We can operate in that same power and authority that Peter and John and the disciples had then. We can also learn from them because they had experienced failure. Remember the time where they were asked to go and pray for the demon-possessed girl? 
and they didn't see that healing happen. And Jesus had to come back and had to heal them, heal her. But you see, Peter's past experience doesn't determine his expectancy. His understanding of who God is determines his expectancy. And I am expectant today for God to heal some people here and to equip those of us that want to be equipped with the spiritual gift of healing, to take it back to our neighbors, to our workplaces, to our university. Are we ready for that? So we know that Peter is expectant. We know that he's got it wrong at times. And even though he has witnessed firsthand Jesus healing, and he stands there with that power and authority, he still has to actually do something, doesn't he? He has to show courage. And this is a really significant time and moment because let's just set the scene of where this passage comes. The Jewish leaders are not happy about some of the signs and wonders that are going on. They are going to want to shut this kind of thing down. The disciples stand there knowing that. They know that. And they still decide to show that courage and step up and step out in that power and authority, knowing the possible cost that could come. Are we ready for that? I know at times I've maybe wanted to, but have been fearful. I've wanted to show that courage, but have stepped back rather than stepping up. That's okay. God is a God of grace. I remember a time when we were living in our flat in Oxgangs and um, I was out hanging up the washing and any of you who have lived in that part of Edinburgh will know that it's a communal washing line. It looks a bit like a scene from Mission Impossible with all the lasers. Um, and so I was standing there and I was hanging out the washing. Andy was playing with Jensen in the garden. My neighbor was hanging out her washing at the same time. So I was having a chat with her and I said, how are you? And she said, I'm not actually that great. I've got a really bad back. I was chatting to her, went back, sat with Andy and Jensen, and Andy said, we should pray for her. You do it. I was like, why can't you do it? And he kind of spun me some line of the fact that he was a man and she was a woman and it could be weird. And I was like, no, you're just bottling it. Um, and so I took a deep breath and I went over and I spoke to um, this neighbor of mine. Now, I definitely wasn't quite as direct as Peter uh, with his words of, just get up and walk. I maybe softened it slightly, put a bit of a pastoral edge on it and said, Hazel, you've told me that you've got a bad back. I would love to pray for you. You know that Andy and I are Christians and we would love to see um, and pray for you to be healed. In that moment, she wasn't healed, but she was overwhelmed at the fact that we offered it and she accepted that and she received it. And is she still, is she, is she fully healed now? I don't know because we don't live next door to her anymore. But I know that those encounters speak to us and do also speak to the person and have a ripple effect. That is what is happening in this passage we're looking at today as well. Because you see, this man, who we don't know the name of, but we do know his issue, has been sitting there, lying there, lame since birth. Every single day he has been brought to this place. 
And so he's going to be a familiar face. He's going to be somebody that is recognized. But maybe people have forgotten his name or forgotten about him as an individual and have just got overwhelmed and consumed by the fact that he's lame. How many of us, when we're on our daily commute, maybe go past the same people on the street, homeless, begging? We maybe don't know their names, but we do know some of their issue because it's there and presented to us. But when it comes to this subject and this spiritual gift of healing, at times we can get overwhelmed by the issue, the issue of mental health, the issue of the pain that we're going through. And that is completely understandable. I know a small bit of what it's like to live with pain and it's exhausting, absolutely exhausting. But I also know in those moments where I felt awful, it was the friends and the family and the church around me continuing to love me well, pray with kindness, but continually fixing my eyes on Jesus that was the thing that continued to get me through. I remember as a teenager being so struck the first time I heard the story of Joni Erickson. Many of you will know her story. At the age of 17, following a diving accident, she, was, um, she became a quadriplegic overnight. She lost all feeling from her shoulders down, completely paralyzed. And I read this account of hers that said, I have pleaded with God for healing. I've attended countless healing services. I've been anointed with oil, yet I have now chalked up five decades in this wheelchair. And despite all of that, I still believe that Jesus heals today. How incredible for her to be able to say those words. Of course we would understand if she was bitter and she was angry and she didn't want people to pray for her anymore and she didn't want to pray for others for healing because she hadn't seen it in herself. Of course we would understand that. But in fact, God has used her in mighty and powerful ways. And when I came out of the 915 gathering this morning, I had somebody come up to me and said, you know, you mentioned the story of Joni Erickson this morning. Well, yesterday, when I was out as a part of the prayer walk that we had going around our city, I was struck by a man that was sitting, um, felt like there was almost a neon sign over his head that I was meant to go and pray for him. And I went to pray for him, and I was reminded of the story of um, Joni Erickson, and I, I shared some of that with him and asked him how he was doing. And he told her that he had lung cancer. And right there in that moment... She said, could I pray for you? And he said, yes. Do we know if he's healed? No, we don't. But what he did say is, you don't know what that meant to me, for somebody to come and speak to me and pray for me. This is the Jesus that we talk about today. Of course, it's so hard when we don't see answers to prayer, when we don't understand, when we try and deconstruct it. But in all of that, God does still heal and wants to heal today.
And in this account that we're looking at, it also reminds us, and it's important for us to mention this this morning, that sadly there has been some bad theology around the spiritual gift of healing. And it's important to say today that people and churches have got it wrong at times. Not receiving healing is not because you didn't have enough faith or you didn't pray the right prayer. Not receiving healing is not because God has caused this pain or injury upon you to teach you a lesson. That is not true. We stand here today as a church family and we want to support and be honest and vulnerable with one another we want people through our communities, uh, through our teams, to say when they are wrestling with the fact that maybe a loved one hasn't yet been healed, or maybe them, they themselves haven't yet been healed. But we want to keep loving well and praying with kindness, as Peter reminds us elsewhere in Scripture. In the midst of pain, God ministers through kindness. We have to keep drawing our eyes to Jesus because he is the only one and the only way that we can find answers and sometimes just peace when there isn't answers. Remember the quote that's been shared over the last two times that we've been in this series by Andy Croft, the corrective for misuse when it comes to the spiritual gifts is not disuse, but right use. And it's also really helpful for us to remember and to have a kingdom perspective when it comes to us trying to wrestle with why are we not always seeing the prayers for healing answered? Because the kingdom is now and not yet. We stand in that place, don't we, between Christ's resurrection and his return. And a helpful analogy that was shared with me from World War II is the fact that on D-Day, the war was won for the Allied forces, but they had to go on and fight for a number of months after until V-Day happened and the war was over. And so whilst it's important for us to recognize the challenges around this subject, it's also important to look at this scripture and the fact that the lame man is healed. He is healed. Peter speaks to him directly with that power and that authority. He has this eye-to-eye -eye connection with him, doesn't he? When he says, look at us. They're speaking to the man. They're speaking to the child of God who is valued, who is chosen, who is loved. It's not easy. Because not only did Peter and John have to show courage, the man had to show courage too, didn't he? I've already mentioned the fact that you could say that Peter's kind of pastoral care needed some work with his direction, but actually he's speaking with that authority. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Now, the man could have thought, if it was that easy, I would have done it. Like, hello, 
I've been here, lying here. Do you think it's that easy? So what does he have to do? He has to also show faith and trust in seeing if his ankles do have that strength that we know from the passage that they do. And then the amazing thing is, is that the first thing he wants to do is to give thanks and praise and jump and leap and be undignified for Jesus. Fulfilling predictions and prophecies that were written of in Isaiah 35 verse 6. Then the lame will leap like a deer. This is the same Jesus that we're talking about today. Jesus wants to heal us today. Whether it's physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing. And the thing that is amazing about this passage is that this isn't happening inside the temple. This is happening outside on the street. So when we are faced with our neighbor who says to us, oh, I'm struggling with this bad back, or my little boy is unwell, what do we do in that moment? Do we hear that prompt from Holy Spirit and think, they could reject me, but am I willing to ask, could I pray for you? Could we pray for you? When you see somebody on the street, maybe, as we heard of just earlier, do you take that courage with your knees knocking, particularly if you're new at this, but do you step out and step up for Jesus? Because the ripple effect is amazing. And in this account, God is on the move. The structures are being broken down and God is on the move today as well. We heard just last week, just last week, that our student community, one of them had felt that it was right to go out and to pray for people on the streets. They'd seen somebody, they'd asked if they could pray for them. And when they checked in with them a week later, they had been healed of tinnitus. Peter was sharing with us um, in the office about the fact that there had been a man who had recently just been starting to come to our gatherings, uh, had pain in his ankles, was stopping him from doing his regular routine things. Peter prayed for him, felt it was right to do that, checked in with him. He has now been healed of that. This is happening today. But the problem can sometimes be that in the West, we don't always go to prayer first. Now hear me when I say this, we are incredibly blessed with a National Health Service. We do have access to medicine, to treatment, all of those things. And God uses those at times to heal. But we can still pray with boldness in and through all of that. And sometimes people, I know when I used to work with young people, they'd say, but why do all the miracles happen in the developing nations? Well, is it actually because maybe sometimes they go to God first because they don't have the money, the medicines? I'm not standing here today saying abandon the treatment path that maybe you are on. But what I'm saying is we can still pray with boldness today. I have been so privileged in my walk with Jesus to have seen healings take place. I've seen people be healed for 
and their leg grow a couple of centimeters so they've been able to stand up and be pain-free. I've seen a man healed of ME and now is able to lead a church and run around with his small children, something that he couldn't have done. I've seen and witnessed somebody in my family healed of emotional abuse so that then... Um, a point was basically if you gave them a microphone they would just stand there and couldn't hold it let alone say anything and now following a time of healing they are asked to speak regularly around um, England. I remember just in the last couple of years being at a youth event and seeing a young girl who had been self-harming so emotionally uh, in need of healing And she was healed there and then, but the icing on the cake was when she opened her eyes, all of the scars from her arms had gone. This is the same Jesus who is here with us today. And this spiritual gift is available to us to operate in that power and authority, the Holy Spirit living in us. We can see these signs and wonders. So how do we respond? to Jesus today. Maybe for you, it's about giving God your stuff around the spiritual gift of healing. Maybe that's the first thing for you. Maybe actually you're feeling a prompting and a nudge to step up and step out in this gift. Or maybe following on from last week, you've been sitting here today and you have felt something, a word, a picture, Um, a a line from uh, the Bible, from a song that you feel that you want to share. We are working in this together as a church family. And so I'm going to read something that Joe had uh, for us this morning as Naomi comes up and the band come up and we respond together. Joe, a member of our church, felt when she was praying that uh, the magician's nephew by C.S. Lewis had come to her. And this line, but please, please, won't you, can't you give me something that will cure mother? Up until then, he had been looking at the lion's great feet and the huge claws on them. Now, in, this, in his despair, he looked up at, his, at its face, sorry, What he saw surprised him as much as anything in his whole life, for the tawny face was bent down near his own, and wonder of wonders, great shining tears stood in the lion's eyes. They were such big, bright tears compared with Diggory's own, that for the moment he felt as if the lion must really be sorrier than his mother, than he was himself. Aslan responds, my son, my son, I know grief is great. Why don't you stand if you are able as we respond today?